You know, we've actually heard election officials complaining about the fact that, gosh, citizens are showing up at their public meetings and asking them questions about what they're doing. And they're complaining about that. Well, I, I think that's a good thing. Welcome back to The Kevin Roberts Show. As you know, if you are a regular member of the audience, sometimes we're able to have really long conversations with people. And other times, because of the nature of current events, we have a, an abbreviated conversation. My guest in this episode is a friend and a colleague, and I would sit here and talk to him for seven or eight hours. In fact, we do that some months over a period of several meetings. But my friend and colleague, Hans von Spakovsky, who is our election law specialist, senior legal fellow, is my guest this week. Hans, thanks so much for making time for this. Sure. Happy to be here. And you, you know, you're looking at me saying, oh, Kevin, you know, you're the president of the Heritage Foundation. You're the one with the time. But if people really knew the truth, they would know you're the guy who travels a lot. You're the guy in the trenches, trenches on election law. And you, I have come to know even prior to my arrival at Heritage, are way too humble to admit to this. But you are one of the two leading experts in election law in this country. And it's a privilege to have you here. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. So people who are tuning in, whether they're listening or whether they're watching, know that election reform has been a big part of of our priorities for many years, well before 2020. And although if you look at polls there, you see that election concerns have sort of diminished in the priority ranking of Americans. And that's probably because of the worry we have about the repercussions of Biden being in office. Right. But that is not a way to say that we should forget about the problems surrounding elections. So why don't you give us a 30,000 foot overview of where things stand today, right. in particular, some progress that's been made. Well, actually, a lot of progress has been made. Uh, first of all, the, the, well, the, the track has been, there's been a federal track and a state track. And at the federal level, thank goodness, um, this, the, the, the huge bill that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats wanted to push through H.R. 1, which would have rewritten all the rules on elections uh, across the country, including doing things like banning all voter ID laws, got stopped. You know, it was successfully filibustered in the Senate. On the state side, and that's really where the action is, because as you know, states have been administering our elections since our founding. Um, many states have passed good reforms intended to increase the security and integrity of the election process. Now, there are, of course, exceptions to that, like California and New York, which probably have some of the worst systems in the, in the country. But other states have passed reforms, uh, made good improvements. Uh, just a quick example is Georgia, for example, Texas. Uh, they had good voter ID laws in place, but they only uh, applied to in-person voting. And of course, what happened in the 2020 election? We had this huge increase in absentee ballots. They've extended that ID requirement to absentee ballots. And they've done it in a way that any voter can easily comply with. Uh, What's happening right now is that those reforms in many states are being attacked in the courts. But again, we have states putting up um, very good fights to keep those in place. Uh, and not only are they being sued by, frankly, radical left-wing organizations, but unfortunately the Biden Justice Department has gotten in. Uh, I, I know folks will have a hard time believing this, but the Justice Department just sued Arizona. Why? Because they passed a law saying that election officials are supposed to do what? Verify the citizenship of people registering to vote. Now. That's a requirement of state law. It's a requirement of federal law. You'd be the citizens to vote. And yet, what is DOJ doing? 
going after Arizona because they just want to make sure it's really citizens who are eligible, who are registering and voting. So in light of that, that, that is that the Biden administration, our very own Department of Justice, is trying to complicate matters. What kind of forecast would you make about the midterm elections? Most of the time that question is asked and people are being asked to, to predict the number of Republican seats in Congress. I'm asking you to make a prediction about what level of election concerns will happen. Right. And another way of putting that, Hans, is how, how much of those uh, are those concerns, those problems, will these reforms that have been passed eliminate? I mean, in other words, you and I both know there's been a lot of progress. And I want people in the audience to know that while we have some concerns remaining, especially with federal action, that we ought to be somewhat happy that some progress is being made. Yeah, look, the 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 one good thing that came out of the 2020 election was uh, state legislators and the public finally realized something we've been talking about for years, which is they needed to fix many of the security holes in their systems. And they did that. So I, I, I have great optimism, actually, about the upcoming elections in terms of um, its security and its integrity. Uh, more than two dozen states passed good reforms of all kinds, everything from putting in uh, new voter ID laws to uh, banning what we called Zuck Bucks, right? Private contributions to local election offices, which raised tremendous conflict of interest uh, issues. So I, I'm actually confident. Not only that, but um, you, you know, we've actually heard election officials complaining about the fact that, gosh, citizens are showing up at their public meetings and asking them questions about what they're doing. And they're complaining about that. Well, I, I think that's a good thing. It is a good thing. And and one of the things we try to do at Heritage is to make sure that our research products right. are tools in the toolboxes for individual Americans. And and I'm on the record of saying of all of our recent research products, that probably the one at Heritage that's been the most influential is the Election Integrity Scorecard, right. which was your project. Of course, you had the help of a lot of our colleagues. But give us a sense of what the scorecard is in case people have not heard about it, but also which states have fared well as a result of seeing their results on the right. scorecard. Um, we wanted to come up with an objective measure of how good or how bad states were when it came to election integrity. So we did a year-long analysis of the laws and regulations in every state, compared them to a set of best practices recommendations that we had come up with. Everything from how states should handle absentee ballots to how they should clean up and maintain the accuracy of their voter rolls. And then we rated every state on the basis of 100 points. And um, it probably doesn't surprise people that uh, some of the worst states in the country, unfortunately, are blue states, California and New York being at the bottom of the list in terms of, uh, of just having the, the worst laws in terms of uh, maintaining security. Uh, on the other hand, the states that scored at the top were mostly red states, you know, places like Texas, uh, a state you're very familiar with. <laughs> uh, Texas, a lot of states in the uh, in the Southwest, um, Florida and other places all have uh, really done the most to try to um, increase the security of their elections. And so they've done the best. And some of the states are still improving. Uh, we just did an update to the scorecard, taking into account over 100, if you can believe this, over 100 
changes and election laws passed in this this year in the first quarter of the year in the state legislative sessions that that is evidence of a an unassailable research product because no one has questioned the methodology no, no they no, haven't and 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 you know why because it was very thorough and very objective having influence and so as we look ahead to 2023 when every state will have a legislative session not every session will be covering election reform right can we anticipate that there will be some additional election reform legislation that members of the audience might want to be sure that they're part of? Yes, and, and the way they can easily do this is uh, whatever state they live in, they can go to our website for our election integrity scorecard, pull up a map of the United States and click on their state. And what it will pull up is their score, their rating compared to other states, and then a complete summary of all the criteria we used um, to analyze the state, I mean, just a quick example is, uh, you got you got lots of points if you have a photo ID requirement to vote. And if you don't, you get zero. And you can easily look at that summary and say, wait a minute, my state doesn't have an ID requirement. So you as a voter will know, you know, I really should talk to my state legislator or may or or local local county commissioner about this issue and say why aren't you doing this? And and you and I have both heard from some friendly elected officials around the country who after reviewing their state's score on the scorecard are dissatisfied. Yes. And they call you and sometimes they also call me or they call me and they say Hans, Kevin, uh, we're, we're really unhappy with our state score. And we, with great politeness and good cheer, say, well, did we make a mistake in the assessment of it? And, and not a single time yet right. has one of them said, yes, you made a mistake. They're just expressing, expressing frustration over their score. The right. point is, the answer to that is to go to the scorecard, see what needs to happen, what needs to be improved, right. and to exert political pressure to make it happen, right? No, that's exactly right. And look, uh, yeah, some of, the, some of the changes that they ought to make involve legislative changes, but there are plenty of others that don't need legislation. All it, all it needs is election officials saying, oh, you know, we need to start doing this. Yeah, good. So r tell everyone in the audience where they can go to see the... Sure. If they go to heritage.org and just uh, click on election issues, you can easily pull up our election integrity scorecard. Excellent. Well, Hans, thanks for joining me. Sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining Hans and me for this brief episode of The Kevin Roberts Show. Obviously, there are a lot of priorities we're working on, but they're all for naught if we can't get our election straight. See you next time. In the meantime, take care. Kevin Roberts Show is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. The executive producer is Crystal Kate Bonham. The producer is Philip Reynolds. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and Tim Kennedy. For more information and to subscribe, please visit heritage.org.